there's a story in the Gospel of Luke about uh, Jesus goes through this town and uh, I'll just kind of summarize it. Um, and you know, he's popular. Well, we're going to be talking about Jesus during this series. You're at church, so what the heck? Um, but there's some problems with it. there's some problems with talking about Jesus. First problem, you already think you know everything. That's the first problem. First problem is all the stuff that you already believe or know or think you know. Um, the other problem is, like, everybody needs to hear about Jesus, not in the religious, churchy way that you were brought up, but in the way that he's the ultimate hero. And if people did learn about him and perhaps modeled their life after him, it could change our world. And so a couple things, too. A lot of those people are obviously aren't here and don't watch because it's like, I, no, thank you. You ever invite someone to church? Uh, no, thank you. Been there, done that, heard all about that. So I wish so bad I, I could give a fresh take. So I'm going to try. But when you say the name Jesus, it's just, it's a word that just brings a thousand things to people's minds. So, and I also wanted to add, I don't, I don't think the series is going to be about Jesus and about following Jesus. And I wanted to start by saying, as I was working hard on this, I, I realized I don't follow him very well. So, I mean, word's already out. I'm not a good pastor. That's already out. <laughs> but, but, I, and I, but, but this part, I'm, I mean, I, I don't think I'm a real good follower. And I'll, I'll talk about that. And whatever you think you are, that's, that's fine. Um, but Jesus is walking through this town, and um, he was popular because of the things he did and the things that he said. Um, and so there were crowds, just, just crowds of people. And, of course, people wanted to get near him. Sometimes people wanted to touch him or they wanted to talk to him. Maybe they wanted to ask him a question. Uh, and there's this, there's this guy, his name was Zacchaeus, and he's, he was shorter, and he couldn't, get, he couldn't see him. And so you've probably done this. If you've ever been somewhere, you really just needed to... He, he runs up and he climbs a tree so he can see Jesus evidently firsthand as he's coming down the street. And I think that's the whole, that's the whole thing we're going to do in this series. We're going to climb the tree together. Because you, you ever do this for work or, um, or like a, 
office team building day or something, when they talk about communication and they, they call it the telephone game or maybe the other games, but you get in a big circle. Anybody ever do this? And you one person is told something at the beginning and then it goes through 30 people and it comes around and it's said in the ear. And then when it, by the time it gets to the end, they go, what did you say? And they says, uh, all ducks are green. And this guy says, you know, mud tastes like ice cream, you know? And it's like, what? Because it gets, as it gets passed down through people, it, they get one little word wrong, or they get one little idea wrong, and the next thing you know, has comp nothing to do with what the first person said. And I think our culture is suffering from that. I think, most, I think a lot of people today who claim to believe in Jesus have just heard about him through the crowd, never climbed the tree. A lot of people don't even know what Jesus was really even about. And they have a Jesus fish on their car. They're big time promoters. They're in the Jesus fan club. They never miss church, you know, they... So you, if you're gonna do this seriously, you at least have to be humble. You at least have to be willing to be wrong, and you got to be willing to climb. You got to. I'll go. I'll go up that tree. So I don't have to listen. What's the crowd? So what? What? What did he look like? And they're like, well, he had red hair, and you know, and he. And by the time it gets to you, it's it's a different story. So what's the crowd that you face today? That I face? Well, two thousand years. The telephone game times 2,000 years. And a few biased people in the crowd that want you to believe this is what it was supposed to be about. This is this. This is this. Like, can you imagine they played and then it, it comes back around? Well, what was Jesus about? And I was like, well, you know, he just, he just basically... He wanted people to go to a building with a cross on it and then so they wouldn't go to hell. And too bad for all the other people in the world. I just think, I, I just think he might go, huh? That's what you got out of what I taught? So there has to be a possibility that you're wrong, whatever you think. And the, and the, the, the big problem is people in church, or, or the hardcore, we'll call them, um, they, they presume they already know. Jesus. I already know. I already know. And then the people that have turned away or rejected or don't claim to, or don't want to know, they presume, they presume they've already heard him because they've heard other people talk about him. It's a big problem. So Zacchaeus gets into this tree, and then when Jesus walks by, he notices him. And so they talk, and then he says to Zacchaeus, hey, let's go to your house for dinner. 
and they do. And uh, Zacchaeus, it seems like, was uh, probably, probably like a lot of us, trying to get by, trying to make his way in life, uh, found a gig collecting taxes, I think, if my story's right. And by collecting taxes, he could you know, skim a little extra for himself. Well... So be it. But when he encountered Jesus, something changed about how he lived his life. And he decided that he was going to give that money back. That he was going to start living his life differently. So we have the problem of we have the problem of everybody already thinks they know about Jesus. They already, I already got that story, and I've accepted it, or I've rejected it. Or I've... And then we got the other problem about following Jesus. Because over and over again, what Jesus would say to people is, come follow me. Mark chapter 1, verse 16, 17. You know, he's walking by the Sea of Galilee there. He sees Peter, and he's, Simon and Andrew, they're brothers, and he says... You guys, follow me. And it says in the, the account, they, they put their nets down and they started to follow him. And over and over again, that was the call, to follow Jesus, to follow him. So what I'm going to try to do over the next several weeks is talk about that. What does that mean? What did it mean then? And, and what, would it mean, what would it mean today? To follow. So we have to try to climb the tree so we know what Jesus was about. We get a first-hand look. We stop listening to what everyone else is telling us. Say, no, I'm going to find out for myself. I think, you know, it eventually comes around to me like, I think there are small, I think there are clubs in town you can go to and gossip about me and my sermons. I'm learning this. You can go in a small and you can talk about what I don't do well as a pastor. And uh, I, I can probably guide you to some if you're interested. But I, I, I started to learn. It's like everybody already knows. Everybody already knows. Like, so they heard from someone who heard from someone, and it's like, this is what... But man, it takes a lot of work to climb a tree. To go, I'm gonna find out, I'm gonna find out for myself what Jesus was about. And it takes a little bit of work. So I don't, I'm sure I get it wrong a lot. It's a hard thing about being a pastor. You have to start, even though you know you don't know everything. You have to at some point you have to start. You have to open your mouth and say something. Am I right? Like otherwise you'll never get started. You gotta open your mouth and say, here's what I think. Here's what I'm putting out there. I don't think I'm a browbeating type pastor. Maybe you think I am, but this is what you must believe or you're going. I think I just put things out there, and, and I, I try to put the things out there that I really actually think, that I really actually, because I'm trying hard to get a firsthand look, but I want you to. And one of the things that happens a lot is the person in the crowd is a pastor, so people just, what, what, did, what did my pastor tell me to say Jesus was like? What did they tell me to say God was like? And they don't ever, 
have the experience. So he said, come and follow me. Now, in that day, they put their nets down, and they literally walked in his... We're going to go from Capernaum to Bethsaida. We're going to walk from this town to this town. We're gonna, I'm going to follow you, and we're going to talk to people there, and we're going to hand out food, and you're going to heal people, and, and then you're, you literally followed him. So it was a little easier to decide if you were going to follow him or not. You're like, no, i got to make sandwiches. Uh, yeah, I'm going to. Is it right? I'm going to follow. I'm not going to. Today, if we fast forward it, and if you think that's a relevant thing, I, I think it is. What would it mean today? So if he walked on Walled Lake instead of the Sea of Galilee, I mean, would he walk to Bayside? You know, would he, what would he be doing? What would you be wanting to follow? What, what would that be like? One of the biggest problems is people have told us it's not about following, it's just about believing. What a tragedy this is. You have to just check a box that you believe or you don't believe, or and it depends on your church background, right? Who here has a church background? You grew up, somebody telling you something. Okay. Catholic, Lutheran, Protestant, Episcopalian, Church of Nowhere. What are what, what, but you, you, there's a thing that you do. You, you heard the story, right, about, was, is it New Mexico where the priest said the wrong words? Did you read this story in the news? Yeah. Somebody can fill in the cracks for me. I'm, I'll be close. The priest, was, was he baptizing people and said the wrong words? One word wrong instead of we, us, me, my. He said one, and it's all illegitimate. All these people that were baptized, it's illegitimate. It's, it's not, it doesn't count. First of all, you wonder, like, wonder why people don't go to church anymore. Uh, I got a guess. He said me instead of we, or we instead of me, or I. And you're not legit. You're not legit. You're going to go to hell because this guy screwed up the... Someone was telling me this week, they called them in. They, they, they called them in to give them a redo. But thankfully, we're going to give you a redo. Now, I'm not trying to pick on, but what I'm saying is, do you think, you know, 2,000 years later that Jesus of Nazareth would, like, maybe shake his head a little? Like, that's what you got out of all that I did and taught? That's what you got out of it? He said to people, follow me. And one of the worst things that can happen is when you believe that by believing or by saying a sacrament or by doing a thing that you're, you're done, you're in, all the other people are out, you're, there's no following required now. There's another word really misunderstood, in my opinion, really misunderstood. It's the word repent. 
You ever heard this word before? Repent. That's one of the things that if you go to one of the clubs where they talk about me, they say, he's afraid to talk about sin and repentance. They, they send me curriculum now and then. He's afraid to talk about sin and repentance. No, look, look me in the eye here. Look me in the eye. I am not afraid to say the word sin or repentance. I am afraid it's not effective anymore. I'm not afraid to say it. Here's what sin means. It's translation, to miss the mark. To miss the mark. Hamartia is the Greek word if you need to know that. To miss the mark. Has anybody here ever missed the mark? Okay, this isn't rocket science. We all have missed the mark. And so the idea is I just use different words because I think people listen. And if we, you could talk about on the wrong path, missed the mark, went the wrong direction, missed the exit. It's all the same thing. Did it the wrong way, screwed up. If you love the word sin, have at it. Go for it. Now, there's another word called repentance, which he's afraid to say. It's just people don't listen. So I use other words. So what does the word repent mean? Well, it means that, it means like, one of the things, it means like you turn around, like you were going this way, and you turn and go this way. It means to change the way you walk. It means to change the way you think. Because if you're going this way and you think, uh-oh, I think I'm going the wrong way, Anybody ever here get lost and you went running in the woods a long way the wrong way? Anybody ever do this? It's really bad. Because you're trying to get yourself back to where you should be and you're making it worse. But at some point you, you get a map. At some point you get a revelation, an understanding. You go, wait, I should be going that way. Stop. The, the, the change of thinking brings you to change your direction. That's all it means. That's what the word means. I talk about that every single Sunday. Maybe instead of going this way, we should go this way. Jesus talked, this was the theme. Repent. Stop doing that thing that you're doing. And you could liken it to, uh, anybody here ever change your eating habits? Huh? Like, it's hard to do, like on a consistent basis. Anybody? Is it hard to do? So, uh, you know, you grew up a certain way, and, you know, like me, I grew up on SpaghettiOs and, you know, and Lucky Charms. Anybody? <laughs> First time anybody responded positively to my message all day. I said, Lucky, anybody grew up on Lucky Charms? And <laughs> we used to fight over the, oh, man. Just, just, just fisticuffs over sugar cereal in my house, right? Uh, I mean, there's, we were in Flint, there was what, one, two, three, four boys and three girls. And if the sugar cereal ever hit the kitchen, it was on. It was, it was gone immediately. But after a while, you learn, like, maybe I should eat differently, you know? Maybe that's not the healthiest as they're saying. But to do it is difficult. So you've you got to go through all these things like, well, maybe, I'm, maybe I need to change the way I shop because instead of 
buying all that stuff, I shouldn't get it in the house. Has anybody ever learned this? Like, if it's not in the house, there's a greater chance you're not going to eat it. Higher probability. But, you know, in the first time you try to change, you just, well, we'll buy it just in case there's company. <laughs> right? Anybody? Am I alone in my sin? Or does anybody get what I'm saying? It's like, I just... So, if you want to change how you eat, you got to do all kinds of stuff. You're like, we don't even have the right. I mean, evidently, people eat stuff that just came out of the ground. <laughs> what? I mean, you know, I think everything comes out of a package or a box or a can. Like, no, these people eat it and it's got like dirt on it. And you got to wash the dirt off. You, but are you with me? But it takes a whole series of things to get you to the play. And by the way, in this realm, I'm chief of sinners, as Paul said. I'm, not, I'm no sterling role model on my eating habits. I've just heard about these things. <laughs> but what I, what I do know is that it takes a lot of doing and changing. And, but you have to change all kinds of things. Sometimes you have to be careful whose house you go to at what time because you're like, oh, there's, a, there's the SpaghettiO family. Don't go there around dinner time or whatever. I'm not being judgy. I'm just saying you, you start to realize if, if, I'm gonna, if, I, if I believe this, I have to do all of these things that line up with it, which includes all kinds of things. When you shop, where you shop, who you hang out with, what how dirty your food is or not. I mean, it's very clean in the packages. Isn't that, isn't that odd? It's squeaky clean when it comes in the package, but like when you get raw vegetables, they have dirt on them. If you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to probably require restructuring of your life. And we've cheapened it. Come say this prayer. How many times on TV have heard? Just say this prayer. You're in. The other people are out. You're in. They're out. Wow, have we cheapened it. Grossly. Now, as I said, I, and I, and I mean this, I'm, I, don't, I don't look at following Jesus like, like they could. Either you got up and you followed him or you stayed. It was an either or. I don't think it's binary. This is what I think. Again, could be wrong, probably wrong, but think about it. It's probably some kind of a scale. It's probably a scale. You're you're following Jesus at 20%, 80%. Realistically, let's be real for a minute. You're following it 100% of the time. That's, that, that can't be. But you're probably like me. Is like, well, I, I think this is the kind of stuff he would be wanting me to do. Sometimes I don't want to think about what he would want me to because I already know the answer. Oh, is this true? How many of your, your kids ever come to you after they did something because they didn't want to know the answer if they asked you? It would, so following Jesus would have to have something to do with re, rearranging your life. That's inconvenient. 
Who here likes to move? Just love the thrill of going through all of your old possessions and putting them in boxes and wrapping them. And they say there's like a few of the highest stressful things in the world, and one of them is moving. And repentance or following Jesus has got to be a lot like that, where you have to go through and rearrange everything. And like, I, I tore down this old cottage that, that I had, and Vicky wanted a newer one. And, uh, and, and so, pretty much how it went. And, uh, and you know, at the last hour, they were, gonna, they were just going to bulldoze it, just crush it, just come in with the... And uh, I, I had all this stuff in the basement. And it was like this little basement, leaky walls, and you had to go down like this. And I, over the years, I'd put stuff down. Anybody put stuff in the basement over the years? Stuff you're never going to see again? And I was down, and like, but they're going to destroy the house, so I got to go look. And they had cut the power to the house, so there's no lights. I didn't think of that. So I was down there with my cell phone light, looking, punched over, looking through all this garbage that I hadn't seen in years. I'm like, what am I doing? Is anybody with me? What? Finally just had the courage to turn the light off and walk away. Say, if it's been down here that long, I really probably don't what? Some of you'd still be down there with the bulldozer. Do that. <laughs> I, I, that's our nature. We could bulldoze this one and start over. Let it get let all that go. Following Jesus is hard. That's what I'm going to end with. It's hard to do. And that's why I said, I honestly don't think I'm doing it well, and I've been thinking about it all week. Because one of the classic passages in Matthew 16 where he's talking with Peter, and he says, you know, who do, the disciples, who do they say that I am? And Peter says, oh, you're the Christ. And, and, and Jesus is like, oh, wow, good answer. And then he goes, no, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be killed. And Peter's like, whoa, time out. I didn't sign up for that. I was just for the fishing thing. I, I wasn't thinking of rearranging my life to that degree. This is a really bad sermon because it's, it's really hard to follow. And Peter says, no, no. Great phrase. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. I want to talk about that someday at length because that's a, that's a lush, loaded phrase that we need to think about. But he looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. You're, you're the exact opposite stuff in mind that God would have in mind. And then he says, if anyone would follow me, you must pick up your cross. So this whole series is going to lead us to the cross. It's going to lead us to Easter. 
you, if anyone would follow me, because he's like, basically, Peter, you just answered the question right, and that's what we have. We have a bunch of people that can answer the question right and have no intentions of following him. I can answer the question, who's Jesus? Oh, you're the Messiah. Let's go have lunch. (laughs) Pastor, make sure we get done on time. He says, follow me. I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to die. Hmm. Hmm. Look at the time, Jesus. And he says, if you're going to follow me, you must pick up your cross. Now, crosses today are jewelry. They're decorations. People have given me them over the years. Someone gave me this one. Anybody have a cross jewelry? They're decorations in our society. They're put in our house. But a modern day equivalent would be like if I had like a a needle where you inject someone to die. It'd be kind of weird. What's this you got hanging on your wall, this big needle? They use that to kill people. Oh, interesting thing to hang on your wall. This was a torture device to kill people. Jesus wasn't the only person to die on a cross. Lots of people died. There's, there's several accounts. There was, a, there was a city just close to where Jesus grew up in Nazareth. It's called Sephoris. And, and, and one time the people kind of got, got their back up against Rome. And so Rome came through there and crucified 2,000 people one time. Just think of the lift. Just think of the work. 2,000 people. So the cross wasn't just, just a, like a one-time event for Jesus for us to clap. Way to go. I was going to take out an ad. Local pastor forbids celebrating Easter this year. Should I? Because I'm, uh, I'm tired of us just clapping. And I, I did. I was one year, I was in an Easter service, and I, I just, I, like, I wanted to vomit. This is like, he did it, he did it. What, what time's lunch? It's not for celebrating, it's not for clapping, it's for following. The cross is the hardest thing. Because it said, oh, if anyone would do that, you will lose your life. You will, here's some fun words, deny yourself. Those are fun things. Anybody ever go to a seminar on how to lose your life and deny yourself? They don't do those seminars. They're, they're all, it's all the seminars are how to be successful now. How to be sexy in eight weeks. How to get your stock market here. Wouldn't that that sell out? Come learn how to lose your life. It's hard, but look. It's heroic. It's heroic. That's what we need. 
house. That's what we need. People that aren't doing their life for themselves only. Jesus was heroic. He was epic. I wish I had a lot of time. I wish I had a lot of time to talk about this, but let me just say something. One of the reasons that I think we don't, and I put myself in there, is I think we've overemphasized in our minds, right? Jesus, fully God, fully human. You learned that somewhere in Sunday school or church or something. Fully God, fully human. Anybody? We way overemphasize that he's divine. So when what most people think is like, well, he's really, he's really divine, but he just put like a Superman suit on. If you don't believe he's fully human, then you would never think I'm really going to follow him because you think, I can't walk. It was Jesus. I'm, I'm me. But if you thought that you, he was human, then it is possible. And we would be responsible and you would think of him as the ultimate hero. I, I, I couldn't weigh in on the, the, the goodness of the president of Ukraine, but man, the part that I did here, like well, the U.S. says, well, you're the president of Ukraine, your, your country's under attack, Let, let's, let's fly you, let's get you out of this city. He's like, I don't need a ride, I need armor. Oh, yeah. Huh? Well, isn't that what Jesus did in the garden? Peter's like, let's get out of here. Get the swords. Jesus is like, I can get an evac at any time. I mean, you can paraphrase it, right? Legions of angels, blah, blah, blah. Come. I'm, not, I'm not going anywhere. I don't need a ride. I need armor, Peter. I'm staying in this fight. That's hard to do. It's hard to be heroic. And here's the, here's the problem before we're going to make crosses. We're going to make them together. So you can think about it. Um, but here's the... Everybody's talking about how to be happy, and people aren't happy. Maybe we should stop selling that. Happiness is a byproduct. It's not a destination you're on six miles to happy. We're almost happy. Anybody almost happy? Anybody have friends that are almost happy? Four miles to happy. It's not a destination. Happiness is a byproduct. And what we should teach people, stop pursuing happiness. What, what can I do to be happy? What can I do to be fulfilled? Just say, no, live a heroic life. Live a heroic life. Live a selfless. Find a cause that's greater than you and give yourself to it fully. And guess what? Happiness will bite you in the ASS. I'm close. I'm close if I'm not there. There's all these people saying, oh, just, just, they're not happy, miserable. Did Jesus say, you know, pursue happiness? 
deny yourself, take up your cross, 